1: So um, welcome to Wrestling Daft and Marks. Um, Helen from Arbor, weighing at £108, I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft and the host of this show. Now, normally at this point, I'll do a funny intro for uh, Big Alex, who I'm joined with, and also Gary, who I'm joined with, but for some reason, it just doesn't feel right this week. Obviously, since we spoke last, uh, the speaking out movement's happened right across social media and right across the wrestling business, lots of brave men and women Speaking out about the abuse they have received in the business um, so this time last week guys we we were having a laugh and stuff, but this has happened I mean Gary, you were right at the start of the the story wasn 't it? it all kind of started with david starr
2: Aye. um you know how you know, these things kind of tend to unwind and it is obviously, a, 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 sadly, it's a positive thing in this one where, you know, it looks like we're going to go forward in a much better way than, than where we've came from. But David Starr, a lot of accusations came out about him and, you know, I've, I've said this on Twitter, I'm not going to go through a load of names of people that have been accused because it's not the right thing to do really um, while there's pending investigations. But you can talk about the people that have had actions, you know, taken against them, because we need a report on what the actual news is. David Star, of course, um, a, a few stories came out about him. He sent out a very lacklustre apology. I always say it. it's not an apology if you say you're sorry for something, but that's an excuse if you're if you're you, you're going to defend yourself afterwards. And um, so that came out the next day. You know, there was a few wee stories seeping out here and there after that. But the next day, he was stripped of two uh, two championships for two pretty, you know, high-level independent promotions. They both severed all ties with him. So did the We Are Independent, you know, his Twitter disappeared. But obviously, that wasn't the end of it. A lot of different accusations have came out, and then it seemed like, sadly, it seemed like a, a lot of people in, in the UK were getting accused of stuff, and again... It's no up to us to say, you know, that the accusations are one way or another, but you've kind of got to believe the victim unless you're given evidence otherwise on this. Um, So a lot of of names were getting accused. It started to get to bigger names and bigger names. Um, Obviously, you know, the movement started to gather pace, which, again, I need to keep reiterating. It's a good thing because it will mean a safer business for everybody going forward if it's acted on. A lot of people have been acting on it, um, which is definitely positive. But the names that started to have allegations against them, we started to see a few people for WWE, even saw Impact Wrestling names. One person for AEW on that first first and second day kind of meshed into one. I started uh, reaching out to promotions. First thing you need to do, you know, is reach it to the promotions if you get a statement on this. Um, because obviously they're aware of it, you know. It's the, <laughs> it's the kind of thing that it was going about the internet that much that you, you had to be aware of
1: it. Maybe, so maybe, just, maybe we take a pause at this point and let's just go, I, through, I, let's just go through the promotions and, and where we're at with, with every promotion in terms. And, like we say, we can only report the facts. I mean, there's a lot of allegations being made, there's a lot of people taking legal action. So, all we can do right or here in this podcast is report the facts. So, here's we'll go through the promotions and, and just let you know what each have said. So, WWE have released Jack Gallagher uh, and they put out a statement saying individuals are responsible for their own personal actions. WWE has zero tolerance for matters involving domestic violence, child abuse, and sexual assault. Upon arrest for such misconduct, a WWE talent will be immediately suspended. Upon conviction for such conduct, a WWE talent will be immediately terminated. Some of the allegations of misconduct have named performers across several of WWE's brands, including, among others, recent SmackDown Co-op, Matt Riddle, and Jordan Devon. Further to this... Matt Riddle's lawyer has announced, announced a statement saying the allegations by this independent female performer are completely false and another attempt to harass and humiliate Mr. and Mrs. Riddle and try to tarnish their reputation in the community. So that's also that- a
2: wee note on Jack Gallagher. I've just checked it there, and it was something that I mentioned at the weekend, but his profile is completely gone for www.com, still completely gone no mention of him obviously right. there's highlights of him on there but you can't access his profile so it's not even in the alumni section
3: he and, seems to have just been removed from history yeah, completely
1: yeah. it seems to be and I'm, I'm guessing there's further investigations into all of the other people that have been alleged uh, we're talking Liguero, joe coffee was named um as well so i'm assuming wwe are doing their own internal investigations and then the, before moving on with what they're going to do. Um, AEW, um, this AEW suspending Sammy Guevara indefinitely without pay with his fee going to a women's charity in Jacksonville um, while he undergoes sensitivity training. His status in the company will be reviewed on completion of this. Um, And as you say, Gary, Jimmy Havoc as well. His status will also be reviewed following counselling for mental health and substance abuse. So that's the the two biggies, WWE and AEW obviously acting very quickly on this. Um, Impact, as you say, both Joey Ryan and Dave Christ have been sacked while Michael Elgin has been suspended until further notice. In NWA, uh, Vice President Dave Lagana has resigned after allegations were made by Liv Savage of abuse. In MLW, uh, ring announcer Mark Haggerty has been released after inappropriate exchanges uh, with a young girl. Um... In progress, uh, getting closer to forming form and bringing it back to Britain. Progress, obviously an affiliate of the WWE, uh, will be shutting down and will return after implementing changing, changes, which will see Gwen Robinson and Matt Richards step away from the promotion with Vicky Haskins and Michael Coo, and Lucy Cave taking charge moving forward. It's also cut ties with, as you say, Gary, David Starr, Travis Banks, Mark Parry, Liguero. And while Jordan Devlin and Scotty Davis are suspended indefinitely, and their tag titles are be left vacant as a result of that, Whew, it keeps going on. Uh, other British promotions also released statements. Uh, TNT and Liverpool, uh, Newcastle's North Wrestling, Wolverhampton's Fight Club, Pro and Red Pro, um, they've all released statements as well. And then closer to home, ICW just today have a, and I put a statement out as well. Um, they've said over the past few days, serious allegations have been brought to our attention regarding individuals within the professional wrestling industry, some of whom have been associated with ICW. The safety of our fans, performers and crew is paramount. We've taken time to carefully investigate the situation, speak with members of our roster, in particular our female roster, and decide on a course of action. We'll strive to ensure a fair and safe work environment for all and re- review any allegations of misconduct on a case-by-case basis, as always, as we've always done. We have and will sever ties, sorry, with an individual who poses a threat to that environment. We've also created two euros of talent welfare officers and we'll be appointing male and female roster members to those positions. In addition, we're going to put a selection of 16 staff and roster members through a Positive Mental Health Scotland course to become qualified mental health first aiders. So that, that's where we're currently at with it all. Um, you've followed the story obviously from the start, Gary. Um, Alex, what have, you, what have you made of it all?
3: It's a tough question because for someone who's not particularly involved in the industry or that, um, has any particular experience, In this situation, it's it's tough reading. You've got to just feel really, really bad for the people who've had to go through it and you've got to commend them for getting through it and still making a success within the industry, even though they must have developed at least some form of resentment for the industry as a whole or people within it.
1: Uh, so, so, what do you think is going to happen moving forward, Gary? Come, come to you on this one. Is it? Is I think obviously the positives that have come from that is there's going to be massive changes in what happens in these promotions. But where do
2: you see the end result happening? Um, you know, I, I like trying to look at the positives in situations like this. I know it's quite difficult to do <laughs> in situations like this. I think one positive, I think we'll see a lot more women in uh, higher level positions in wrestling promotions. And I think we'll see women have a a lot more say in what happens in wrestling, which, you know, I don't want to go philosophical, but that seems to be a lot of the reason why a lot of this has happened. It's kind of patriarchal stuff, uh, rather than being, you know, just isolated incidents, because it's happening across the board. And I think there's definitely going to be big changes, you know, not least in terms of personnel. We've already seen that happen. A lot of people this is the biggest understatement I'll say all day, A lot of people have a lot of making up to do. And mainly, you know, the, the people they've abused and to themselves if they want to be anywhere near a wrestling ring again. I think anyone that takes a gamble on anyone that's you know, that the accusations are proven to be correct from, they're they're putting themselves in a difficult position. So I think personnel wise we'll see a lot of changes. But yeah, I'm hoping I don't envy the people that are in charge of promotions. There's a lot of difficult decisions to be made, not just in terms of talent, but what ICW have done. You know, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't think anybody knows if it's going to work, but it's a positive step. Um, if we're going to have more mental health awareness, it's something we've been saying for years has affected wrestlers. Just that even a base level, you know, mental health is a broad spectrum. That's something that's affected a lot of people. Having more of a focus on that is definitely important, but it does seem like at least there's going to be a spotlight on safety for wrestlers um, and, you know, particularly the relationships between trainers and trainees. Hopefully, hopefully, we just see some, some kind of resolution and hopefully just a safer space for everybody.
1: Uh, I guess with the situation we currently find ourselves in, however, the, the pandemic and COVID-19, the fact that there isn't going to be live wrestling for the foreseeable future at the moment, um, it gives time for these companies to go away to have a think about how they come back and how they progress their business. Um, so I guess, you know, as you say, Gary, there, there has to be a positive take, it right? And if it is a positive move in, in making the wrestling game a safer, fairer place, that's all we can hope for, I guess. We'll draw a line of it under it for just now. Rab and Grado are going to be talking about this more on the headline show on Friday, however. and um, getting right into it. I know Rab's got some very strong opinions on it. Um, So he's going to be talking a lot about it along with Gradle on Friday. But let's for now draw a line under it and hopefully shine some positivity back on the wrestling industry.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Daft and is scheduled for one hour. You're coming now.
1: So it is Wrestling Daft and Marks. um, And this week... We've got lots planned for you, as per usual. Um, Gary hasn't been speaking to anyone of note this week, have you, Gary? You've not phoned up. No, in. Um, literally media off. No, uh, no me, media officials for
2: uh, wrestling promotions, but obviously that's not anything we want to hear an <laughs> interview from. Or maybe some people do, but sadly, not nothing on record that I can uh, that I can get any audio for. Sadly.
1: Oh but but doesn't matter. We have got the ten count, and it is back with the one and only three-time, yes, that's three-time guest, Sha Samuels. Um, He'll be giving us an insight into his favourite bits of wrestling, so he is on the 10 count later on. Of course, we're going to be burying and putting over all the stuff from the shows this week, and we're joined by a rival this week uh, from another podcast, Believe it or not, other wrestling podcasts do exist out of with this one. Um, Ryan from Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet is going to be joining us. And, of course, we're making him review SmackDown. He doesn't get a choice in in the matter if he's coming on, try to plug his own podcast on
3: here. Um, His podcast does have a very clever name, though.
1: It's not as good as Wrestling Daft, though. Come on now. Yeah, it's 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 good in a different. Oh, way. You just be quiet. you just be quiet. Don't pull over <laughs> on our wrestling. Alex is trying to try get a job out well now. well yeah, yeah,
2: so. Exactly. <laughs> I'm
3: um, taking bookings, man. Taking bookings. It's like when Nash tried moved over to
1: WCW. Um, <laughs> fancy booking island this week. Gary holds the book, and what will we be booking, Gary? We've been talking about how wrestling
2: is gonna, you know, the landscape of wrestling is gonna completely change. So I decided. On Fantasy Booking Island, we're wiping the slate completely clean and we're going for its very base level fantasy booking. And what is the most basic fantasy booking you can do but book someone from a past wrestling era to someone in the current wrestling era? So anyone at all that is no longer an active superstar against
1: anyone that currently is. And that is it. And I asked the question: Do they have to be alive? To which you answered, nope, it's fine. You can you can you can bring people back from the dead." So uh, <laughs> it's me versus Alex on Fantasy Booking Island, and we'll see how that goes later on. And we've got a brand as well as getting all the news, reviews, all that sort of stuff from Gary later on. We've got a brand new feature called Turning Japanese. Now I had to explain I'm of an older vintage on this uh, on this show, and I had to speak, tell the boys about this fantastic song by The Vapours called Turning Japanese, because basically it's going to make a good little uh, jingle for when we do the feature. But this feature, what is it all about, Alex?
3: No, it's a new segment where I try to convince you to actually give Japanese wrestling a try.
1: Yes, not just me, Gary as well is not massively into Japan stuff, and you, the listener. Alex is going to try and convince us all that we should watch Japanese wrestling. But first, it's time to cut a promo.
0: I have a lot of things
1: I want to get off my chest. In wrestling, we've seen the likes of Sting, Ultimate Warrior, Legion of Doom. They've all wore face paint on their face. Now we've progressed beyond that and people like Finn Balor paint their entire body. Okay? But what is the point? Because at the end of the match, all they're left with it's just an absolute mess of paint across their face, over their body, over the other wrestler's body, over the referee, over the mat. It's all over the place. It's like you know when my wife watches Marley and mean she's got makeup dribbling right down her face. This is what wrestling has turned to now. Okay. So basically, it's not a great visual. So when you've, you know, for example, let's go back to one of the most historic, probably wrestling moments is the ultimate warrior holding both the Intercontinental title and world title aloft after beating Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania Six. It just didn't look the same because all oh, his face paint had come off. It was half on, it was half off. So what I'm saying right now is it might look good at the start and it looks really, really good when someone does it proper. But at the end of the match, it just looks shit. So this is what I'm putting down right now. Say no to face paint wrestlers. Say no.
3: How about we just get like a little stand with some like makeup clearing brushes next to the ring so they can come down to the ring in their fancy face paint. and Then they spend the next five minutes taking the face paint off. Would that be the best of both worlds? I would
2: rather we had a makeup artist after the match reapplying it for the celebration photos because as someone who's uh, one of their favorite bands is Kiss and as someone that loves Sting and Goldust, I, I I feel
1: personally uh, attacked with this one, sadly. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a different... Like, Kisses are out of the equation because kiss or just kiss, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Plus, I'm pretty sure Gene Simmons has just got it tattooed on his face <laughs> these days anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Take kiss out of the equation, Gary, but yeah. Man, no, think of that that
2: iconic uh, Cody and uh, Dustin segment and without the face paint, I, I, man, I can't... I, I, I think that's like, anyway, do, you,
3: do you count I this, like, when you've got blood dripping all over your face, also face paint?
1: <laughs> the crimson mask. The
3: crimson yeah, exactly.
1: Mask. <laughs> so if you want more from Wrestling Daft, it's very easy. You can just sign up to our Patreon. You can do that patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft, where we offer you loads of content up on, across three tiers and um, basically tier one we have is a cruiserweight champion you pay us three pound a month you get ad free versions of all episodes patron only chat community early episode access bonus content from the show and you get a full video version of this very podcast plus the chance to vote on the list of wrestling daft and um, tier two is an intercontinental championship everything from tier one and that's about seven quid a month. You get a video version of the flagship show with Rab and Gredo. You get an invite to our Patreon-only pay-per-view parties, uh, which we do on Zoom. Um, And you get a bonus episode once a month, and we'll have this month up really soon. But at the moment, you can get chapter one of the Gradual story, it's yourself, and you can get our report card on AEW as well. Uh, tier three World Heavyweight Champion is about 15 quid, everything in the previous tiers. Uh, plus, you get a free Wrestling Daft t shirt of your own if you sign up for a minimum of three months, and the chance to come on this show as a mark. So, you'll get all that content and more at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Get on there, as we'd love to welcome you to the roster. So it's our new feature with Alex called Turning Japanese. The New Japan Cup is on at the moment. So as well as being a mark for AEW, but Alex is also a mark for Japanese wrestling. So we decided to give him his own little feature here. He's going to try and convince you, myself, and Gary why we should be watching Japanese wrestling each week. So here it is,
3: the first episode of Turning Japanese. Alex, you have the floor. Well, to begin with, that's not how, watching every week, that's not how Japanese wrestling works. That's all, John. So, (laughs) unlike WWE, Japanese wrestling works on a tour schedule. As such, there are four main tours every year and two kind of the odd supplementary tours. So, the first tour that we have of the year is the New Japan Cup. Where a group of thirty-two wrestlers compete to be in the main event of Dominion, which is essentially, for a lack of for an equivalent, their summer slap or their second biggest show of the year. On top of that, you also have the G one, which is a slightly different tournament setup, but then that's for the heavyweight spot against uh, WrestleKing.
1: Now, so there's not a weekly show then as such on New Japan. It's just these tournaments.
3: So they run, they run as tours, essentially. So there will be supplementary shows here and there, but the main bulk of the programming will come from the tours. So for, from now and for the next month, there will be a wrestling show every day or two, basically. Right. So a lot of content will build up very, very quickly. Uh, it will feature all of the matches in the tournament, be it this version, which is a bracket-style tournament, or the G1, which is more of a round-robin-style tournament. Right. Now, this one has been obviously affected by COVID. And as such, they've had to rewrite the brackets somewhat. But they've managed to keep the majority of the tournament intact. It's thrown my prediction into the into the wind a little bit, as who I expected to get to the final is no longer in the tournament and throws off maybe the storytelling that was going into it. But what can you do? It's COVID times. So, but here, let's... Let's talk about some of the things i think you'll find interesting and why i think you should get into it so to start with one thing i'd like to kind of talk about is the main thing that i noticed when i first got into it which is how different the style of the actual wrestling is now when i say japanese wrestling what do you two think of immediately
1: flippy flippy wrong style
3: john you got to flippy flippy for yeah, Japanese wrestling. that's Mexican wrestling and the Japanese are just very good at integrating the Mexican style into Japanese wrestling right. but I find that association with strong style is probably a lot more uh, common now a lot of that comes from good old Antonio who who is the founder of New Japan and back in the day he used to love to throw MMA matches and MMA wrestlers into wrestling matches on his card And so over the years, the style of integrating more MMA style, more martial arts style and more submission styles has just naturally progressed into the Japanese style, making something quite different from what normal Western wrestling audiences are used to. So your homework for next week, boys, or as I should call it, since this is turning Japanese segment, Shukudai, which I believe is Japanese for homework, (laughs) is to go and watch AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura from Wrestle Kingdom Twit 10. So I think it's a good way to start to get into it, as you're already familiar with both the wrestlers, you're almost already familiar with the match. So you'll be able to see how a WWE WrestleMania match looked in New Japan. Right. Can I add how much better it looked?
2: I was going to say I've seen that match and a little spoiler as that for me is my favourite match between the pair of them. The Smackdown one came close, but that's my favourite match by a mile between the pair of them.
3: So that's your homework for next week. Go and watch that match. And, and then... I, want, I want a 1,000 word essay in Japanese comparing <laughs> yeah. that to the the <laughs> match as well.
1: And we'll see if we're turning Japanese next week. Yeah. every week um, on the show we like to separate the good from the bad on the big wrestling shows in Buddy, are put over now I'm going to have to put in it's been such a shit week in wrestling that I'm now going to enforce the Jane Louise stipulation the JLS on this week's segment so you're only around one buddy. there's no second buddy, Alex I know you I have a very important can oh. No, oh. no 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 oh. one buddy. So put over, buddy, put over. We're not having two buddies this week. It's been a shit week for wrestling. So it's all about positivity, you know. So let's get on with it. Um, at this point, we like to invite a guest, Mark, onto the show, be our patrons, or sometimes just someone we like to get onto the show. And this week, we have taken that opportunity and we invite to the show from a rival podcast, probably the WCW to WWE in Scotland, uh, from Eat, Sleep. Suplex Retweet, a, a, a title which Alex thinks is the best thing in the world, by the way. it's uh, Ryan, how are you doing, it's a Ryan? clever
3: use of the pun. <laughs> I
1: enjoy it. Right? I enjoy a good pun.
4: No, that's I good. Uh, I, good to be here, boys. It's, uh, you're definitely scraping the barrel with your guests this week. You've, uh, could you get anybody else? No, just waiting for me. No,
1: no, no, None of the patrons were up for it this week, mate, so we, we thought we'd give you a shout. Fair uh, so, enough. Tell let's let's you know I don't like to do it. It's like you know WWE promoting WCW back in the day. But tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you guys do over there.
4: So I there's um, there's twenty one members of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. So we we take it in turns every week to to kind of put panels together and we discuss um, specific things. So this week, for example, we have a a show going out tomorrow. I'll be recording a show tomorrow. Um, where we're rebooking Crown Jewel. Um, that one when you hit Dad Generation X up against the the deep guys. Um, Was there an
3: option? Just not the crown jewel attack. Well,
4: it's definitely on my list of things. I've be a very up. short
1: podcast. That one.
4: Yeah. Well, they, they did give us cancelled. Uh, done. Finished. <laughs> End of show. Gave us a list of things that we're going to look at. Um, And I did laugh, so it was that Generation X against the Grandfathers of Destruction, uh, World Title Matches, World Cup, and then also the show location is one of the ones um, I'm looking forward to discussing the show location (laughs) for Crown Jewel. But no, so there's a, like I said, we do that every week. We've also got an extra feed as well, um, where we get together every week. So I host a show called Anyway Back to the Wrestling which is a SmackDown review show. Um, the reason for that is that we talk about everything other than SmackDown and have to keep running ourselves back in like a classic wrestling version of Billy Conley. Um We've got a, a Raw Report and we've got a Wednesday Night Wars as well um, where we can review the shows weekly. So, yeah, if you fancy that, just search for us on, on all social media platforms. We'll find us there.
1: Yeah, well, that's enough of the plug in for a rival podcast. We'll just get back into the wrestling. Thanks, Ryan. Anyway, uh, back to the wrestling. Back to the wrestling. <laughs> you get the catchphrase on uh, Right, okay, so let's kick off from last Wednesday with AEW. And just remember, Alex, you're only around one buddy this week.
3: I know, I know. And it was a strange week. I had two things to bury for once as well. And you've just ruined my momentum training there, John. I'm going to
2: be in a rage if uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed is not put over as well, so just bear that in
3: mind. Oh no, I'm (laughs) feeling the pressure. Well, well, we had a bit of a strange week, so at one point we had Brian Cage casually hanging out under a motorway in his wrestling gear with Taz, because that's just what people do, and also a very weird booking decision where they decided to put the Tag Team Championship match at the start of the show and then have the number one contendership match at the end of the show, which to me doesn't really make any wrestling sense. I mean, it made sense with the angles, but it just seems a bit of a backward booking decision. But let's start off, I'll start on the positives. So I'm going to put her over again. I'm going to put over Brett Baker for having another phenomenal week. Now, they're really flip flopping between really good and really bad with her. I don't like it when she's doing these preset segments and promos. She's much better as just a character allowed to kind of sit and breathe. Like when she was sitting there passing notes to Tony Schiavone and ended up essentially cancelling her friendship with him and then got abducted by Big Swole. So (laughs) I'm not sure why abduction is the new norm in wrestling but it's (laughs) it ended a good little segment when she was trapped in a bin anyway but I I do like the way as well they put a camera in like behind the driving wheel of the golf cart that Big Swole decided to abduct Britt Baker in. completely (laughs) unnecessary but I liked it for some reason. (laughs) I love the fact that she get found in a bin. as well.
4: The, <laughs> We've, all been there. The, that, We've all been there. Eh? That's the most Glasgow angle I've seen on AEW <laughs> since it was formed.
3: Like, I'm pretty sure as well that she called Big Swole the little heifer or something along those lines. <laughs> I, I didn't quite catch the line, but it was something like, get back where you came from, you little heifer, or something like that. I'm, I'm unsure what it was, <laughs> but... That was good. So now like I'm gonna back- You like-
2: mentioned uh, Taz and Brian Cage Well, The best tweet I've seen all week was between the two of them, Taz and Brian Cage have a full beard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think Brian's side Brian Cage's sideburns was definitely put on the questionable list. I mean it's up there with that that the old school Jeff Hardy style, really, isn't it? Yeah, I always yeah. feel really sorry
4: for wrestlers who make decisions like that and have to live with it. <laughs> the
3: their career
1: as well we've got the, figure, recently, we uh, it. We've got the figure out now did you I see recently the, watched
2: the cage uh, sorry cage cane thing I, on uh, Stone Cold's podcast where he said you know when he got unmasked and he had that tuft of hair and apparently he went out for dinner with his family one day after it and then he phoned Vince and he's like I can't do it sorry I need to just shave my heat. <laughs> <has to> go." <laughs> so that's
1: your first put over Alex what's your buddy
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the women's division. Well, I'm gonna stick with a whole segment. So they did essentially kind of a, a what I would normally consider probably an AEW dark match. So they had oh, they played. No, he's they had a new a... wrestler. Is this Gary's going to get very upset here? You? Yes, it is. <laughs> <it>. I, <like laughs> <it. laughs> I,
1: like, I like this as well. By the way, I like this as well. <laughs>
3: I don't mind the concept, but I didn't like the execution. Like first of all, like. <laughs> The Anna J character to me felt very washed out and the, I feel quite bad for Abandon because the match was a bit sloppy and to me every time I see a gimmick like that all I can think about is Sue Young from Impact and how much yeah. better the Sue Young version always is. And then that, just that whole bit at the end with the Dark Order was very awkward. Why, What? a couple of questions, why does Brody Lee get an office and why is he handing Colt Cabana a contract in front of everyone? Surely this is meant to be like a a secretive contract where you know you signed things, you don't do it in front of crowds. You know,
4: I feel like the whole Brody Lee coming in thing, I feel like his character that he's portraying doesn't actually go well with the dark order. I feel like he he seems like totally separate to the rest of them. Yeah. Like Why is he I expect some I I expected him to come in and be creepy, you know, I know the rest of them have masks on, he wouldn't have a mask, but you know, something along those lines, but he's just kicking about with a suit on.
3: Like, doesn't work? like it Not. was solid conceptually you have the Anna Jay come out then you have the Dark Order come out and they do the double little recruitment bit but everything about it just felt weird and awkward and I didn't like any of the execution like the Colt Cabana thing it's a good idea but again it's they, can't, they keep being like really subtle with things and making subtle suggestions then being like boom there's a contract They you don't. Know, it just doesn't really yeah, suit yeah, yeah. like why did the Dark Order have contracts I,
1: get, I think I'm more a about the Dark Order I wasn't a fan of Dark Order, but but the whole swerve of this new star getting built up and you think it's going to be a, some sort of squash and it went the other way. I really like that.
3: Well, I did like that, but the, 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 but the one thing that stood out to me was how wishy-washy the character was in the first place.
2: Yes. If you
3: know what I mean, like it's as if they designed that character to be rubbishy for the sake of getting rid of it.
2: That's fine, you didn't it, Barry? The, the one thing that I loved is I'm just a massive mark for Abaddon. I think she is absolutely incredible. I think, you know, the, the full... John cut his promo on makeup earlier in wrestling, but I think she just looks fantastic and is just a brilliant character. So
3: uh, it's very much it's twenty eight days later, really, isn't it? Like, uh, we'll yeah. get from it. see
1: what she looks like after a twenty minute match, and then we'll make it
3: twenty. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately this match was about two minutes. Exactly. So. exactly. <laughs> um, and your final put over, Alex. I'm going to put over my boys, the best friends. So I was I was genuinely worried they were going to swerve it onto Les Sex Gods, and this is probably the last we're going to be able to mention lay Sex Gods on this podcast moving forward for obvious reasons. So I mean they're really good in the ring. They managed to get a full match in there. They didn't run into inner circle interference for once, which was nice. They let the match play out completely, and then of course it all built to that big kind of Orange Cassidy swerve at the end, where Orange Cassidy was the cameraman. And how much better is Orange Cassidy's super punch than Roman Reigns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm now of the opinion, right? I, and you are all probably going to, I'm probably going to be proved wrong on this, but I'm going to put money on a best friends clean sweep over Firefest, Fest. Best friends to dismount the tag champions oh. and Cassidy to go over Jericho.
1: I, think, I, think, I can see that as well. Cassidy going over that. Jericho, do you think?
2: I
3: think it's. I think you could put Cassidy over Jericho, and I, 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 everyone I
1: think would love he's it. Not everything, is he? Jericho is yeah. losing everything. And like,
3: if you look at the quality of the match and stuff Cassidy had with Pack, I think a lot of people would have questioned you putting him into that spot until they saw that match. And now you can't, you can't complain that Orange Cassidy is not a fucking wrestler. Um, so uh, back your match of the night as well, then. My lines of the night was actually the Young Bucks versus the Super Bad Squad, <sighs> Super Bad Death Squad, who again we're probably not actually going to be able to talk about again. <laughs> but I'll just say it highlighted the division. It's like it's telling stories around kind of multiple different teams with the FTR debut and stuff like that. And my final question is: why Why is the bunny no longer part of the Butcher and the Blade, and why is she now dating QT Marshall?
1: I did, Don't, when gonna, did that happen? <laughs> nobody knows. It probably happened on an episode of. Uh, Top, being the elite nobody knows because they've not been the Aye, don't
4: try and bring logic into the wrestling it, don't, no. it, never, it never works when you try that's
3: true and, and the more I get to see the butcher in his white tight nine inch nails t-shirt the better I don't know why <laughs> I, uh, that man is my favourite man on television right now and I couldn't give you any reasons why other than the fact <laughs> he's got a moustache he dresses in white and he does that Russian leg thing
1: cool um, I'll move on to NXT then from last Wednesday Pat show, really really enjoyed it Um lot I could put over a lot, of it's a bits and bobs I could bury, but obviously we're not burying much today because we're being positive.
3: First, yeah, John, if you start getting, how do you get a secondary and no one else
1: does? I'm not, put, I'm not, put, I'm not giving, I'm not giving the second one. I'm just going to do one. I could have picked a couple, but I'm just going to do one. Um, got it put over again. I did it last week. I'm doing it again this week. Breeze angle and coming out as Emporium, uh, as opposed to sorry, as
3: you, John, Emporium. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I, for a second there, I forgot. I forgot that they were taking the piss, and I thought yeah. that you just managed <laughs> to screw up the name of Imperium. Oh no, yeah, no, no, no! I'm sorry.
1: Imperium as Emporium with Marsupio and Fabio, love and that. The uh, club mix of that song was incredible as Everything. well. <laughs> Everything. And you know what? And, like see Fandango and you know Tyler Breeze, they can really go in the ring, man. I mean, that was a that was a great, great match. Um, and like the the two kind of contrasting styles, I thought it was great. And then we had obviously shenari- tag team shenanigans at the end uh, with the, the big lads running down and um, what's their faces fighting a pint, oh, yeah. locking a locking, lock uh, bunch, locking, locking and lock
2: in butch. locking.
1: <laughs> butch. I prefer
2: fighting
3: a pint. I
1: think fighting a pint is what they should be called. So yeah, definitely got got to put that over. Um, going to move on to my buddy. um Fake sick from Robert Stone. There was a whole great <laughs> comedy segment in NXT. If you, I don't know if you saw it. It was Robert Stone was pissed at Ringside, and then he just kind of uh, Aaliyah comes down and convinces him to go to Ringside. And then he's like being a manager but a drunk manager, and then gets in the apron and is sick. And it was just oh, it was just like, no, no need. No there was a projectile in <laughs> it, yeah. It was just terrible, it was terrible fake sick as well. Actually, it just didn't look right.
3: Was it better or worse than Spud having his
1: urinary accident? Well, his was real. No, yeah. <laughs> his was real. His was uh, shoot passes is the, the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you've got to, in within that whole segment though is the fact that Aaliyah managed to fuck up the pin. They did this fake sick <laughs> thing, and then she managed to fake up fuck the pin, and then she had to go for another pin to get the count. It was just like what it was a bit of a. mess of a segment that was
2: apparently nxt was obviously meant to be pre-recorded that day and amongst everything else it was meant to be pre-recorded that day but they had to go live hence that being messed up and also um adam cole made the same mistake that was made on this podcast last week with killian cross Uh, yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. killian cross yeah i know i was going to put that on as a buddy but we're only allowed one, buddy, this week. But well, thanks for bringing that up, Gary. <laughs> uh, and I think we've just got to, we've got to put all, over the fact, and this is the, the best fact that Tom Phelps has ever come out with, is the fact that Damien Priest's dad once had a fight with Chuck Norris. <laughs> I mean... That's, I wasn't sure if that was made up or not, but I really hope that it's true. Real. Uh, I really hope it's not a Chuck Norris fact,
3: because that, that was blew my mind. Uh, <laughs> so, so if he's punishment, Martinez, what do you think his dad is? Do you think his dad was like... If you can fight with, if you can go all the way around with Chuck Norris, do you reckon he's maybe just hard-ass Rodriguez or <laughs> fighter Rodriguez? Fuck as fuck,
1: I would think of, But there you go. So, yeah, that that's my, my pull. Really good. Um, a lot, there was too much comedy in, in NXT. There was a lot of comedy ar- r- around the Undisputed Era that I didn't think we needed. But it was a really good episode of NXT. And um, I'm going to put the, the match of the night. and you have to put Emporium versus Imperium as match of the night. It was really, really good. Yeah. I didn't even talk about Bailey and Sasha turning up there, yeah.
3: Um, and you didn't on. put over Shotzi, that's amazing, John.
1: And, and I didn't put over Shotzi either, who was great, by the way. Um, let's move on to Friday Night Smackdown and our guest, Mark Ryan. Yes, yeah, so the opening segment is one of the ones that
4: I want like to put over from Smackdown. So it was uh, AJ Styles coming out for his title presentation. He eventually gets Daniel Bryan out of the ring to put the belt on him. I was surprised that nothing really happened with them to scrapping. Uh, when I was watching it, obviously it made sense. And the long run because AJ Styles basically calls out anybody and you get the arrival of Matt Riddle making his debut. Um come out with his uh, flip flops on it. I liked when they said about his his feet. He's like, Don't worry, bro, I don't wear shoes. Mm. So, <laughs> I, I quite like that. Um but I want to put over their match that they had. Um great match. I thought it was brilliant to see somebody come up from NXT and actually be given a you know, kind of substantial amount of time. For a change, you know, too often you see guys come up for the main roster and they'll maybe squash a couple of guys for a few weeks and then they either go one way, they go up or they go down after that. But I thought that was a really good way um, to get out with the main roster. And the fact that they picked up the and, you know, Two of three matches. You know, he lost to Gulak, beat Brian, and then lost to Riddle. I don't really understand where they're going with that one. Hopefully it will make sense. Um in the long that's, run. That's that's a big hope. That's a big hope. Yeah. I I don't really understand it. Um second one I want to put over uh, is Bailey on on commentary for the the New Days tag match. I thought see when Bailey had this character change. I wasn't a fan of it I thought she came out with your most haircut and I was like this, this is not going to work um, but it's definitely she's come into her own recently when she was on on commentary in that match when she was marking out to Big E doing a belly to belly and she's screaming belly to belly at the side like a fan I thought it was brilliant um, so a massive fan of her then what do you guys make her
2: Bailey's kind of change of character use I'm in the same product? boat as you man I'm exact same boat as you I hated it to begin with But I think now I'm looking back and going, I hated it for the right reasons because I think she's just a really good heel. I think she's playing it perfectly. And I'm really, you know, I'm annoyed about the no fans things. I keep saying it. Bailey against a face Sasha Banks in Boston at SummerSlam would have been amazing.
4: Well, that's the only reason we've not had that so far, that match. And they're holding off as long as they can with that story, otherwise it would have happened.
1: Yeah, Aye. it needs to happen in front of the front. Ha- that match needs to
3: happen. Uh, how do you think Bailey will react to an entire stadium, entire Boston stadium of booze, after she's come out to cheers for her entire career? Yeah.
2: yeah. I- I think she's handled it so far. She's, she's done well so far with it. So ho- hopefully it goes well. And For my Barry, this is one that's
4: annoyed me for, for weeks, but he's done it again this week. I'm going to call out Braun Strowman for wearing these Daz denims. So you get your <laughs> Moz haircut on Bailey and you get Braun Strowman, the scary monster coming out in a pair of bootcut jeans. I'm like, what has happened to the guy that was flipping over bin lorries and ambulances and stuff like that? He's now coming out dressing like a, a civilian. Um, I've said it for weeks on our on show that we do, that I just, I don't like where they're going with Braun Strowman. The, he's just not scary anymore. he's a train. He's not, he's not monst- a monster anymore now. He's, he's a, a train. train. Uh, and I'm assuming Riddle AG match the night for you, Ryan. Aye. Match Matching the night. I mean, let's be honest, it, it took up most of the show, the match. But <laughs> no, nah, it, it, it was a great match. It was, like I say, good to see the two of them bouncing off each other quite well for such a long time
1: as well. Yeah, nice one. Um, let's move on to Raw with Gary. John. I've been making you unhappy for the past few weeks. Yes. I think you're going to
2: be happy with my first put-over today. It's Tozawa, isn't it? My put-over is Akira Tozawa. Yes! For me, you know, the guy is just incredible. Uh, We've been saying it for weeks, you know, he's shown up everywhere. He's been on Raw, NXT 205 Live. For me, it just always makes the guys against look like a star. And he always takes the loss, but he always makes the guy he's in, a, in the ring with look like a star. Makes him look absolutely incredible. Modern day Finaki, mate. Modern day Finaki. That's <laughs> <laughs> a throwback to old wrestling. My entire
3: episode, reunion, uh, <laughs> that's the thing. It's going to be Akira Tozawa versus... Uh,
2: <laughs> For me, he's just, you know, he's incredibly entertaining. I've been saying this about a lot of people. I say that about the Viking Raiders, Street Profits, R-Truth, Tozawa. It says a lot about them as performers as to how much I'm enjoying watching them right now, because I don't think the creative is doing particularly well with them, but they are smashing out of the park every week. You know, we've got Tozawa in a gi, fronting a ninja mafia thing. I love that. <laughs> I, see, <laughs> I, I, I ninja, don't ninja think
3: Yakuza. I do. Ninja Yakuza, let's <laughs> <an audio> terminology <rate>. right.
2: <laughs> well, I, I don't think I like it, but I love seeing Tozawa on the screen. I think mean, he's brilliant. His facial expressions are amazing. You know, I was a screen cap of him last night. Essentially, last night, um, for anybody that's not seen it, it was facing off against R-Truth in a, a non-title match, which there's a wee bit of weirdness here. The press release for WWE said that it was in a title match. They said, oh no, the rules are suspended for this match. Lashley came out, essentially killed uh, R-Truth, and then Tazawa sneaking above the ring, big shocked face, and then jumps in the ring, takes a pinfall, wins the 24-7 Championship. But for me, the guy's just been doing everything. I think he's the most entertaining guy, you know, ever. If we look back at the stuff he'd done with R-Truth in New York when they were doing 24/7 <laughs> title stuff there, the tightest worldwide stuff was amazing. And then we've seen him in matches every week just looking amazing. He made Jinder Mahal look like a star when I put him over last time. Akira Tozawa, for me, I think, you know, not enough people are talking about how good he is. And I think he's absolutely incredible. He's I was a big fan of him, actually. I was, I was I, a big fan of him in that cruise of a
4: Tournament as well on NXT, just seeing
2: him, you know, just just wrestling. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's he's so good in the ring, and it's understated because he's always, you know, just making other people look good. But I he's, I, I had to just put a put a light on Zawa,
1: make John happy for a start. But
2: well, John, what's your
3: opinion on the theme music, mate? I mean, that's that's not something you've <laughs> talked about before either.
1: I know the theme's just banging, man. It's an absolute <laughs> underrated wrestling theme, even though you did point it out as a rip off of the Kill Bill theme. But it's banging, man. Absolute banging. <laughs> Hey, buddy, let's go for your buddy then. Let's do the shit sandwich, GLS rules.
2: My buddy is someone that we've not seen on television. It's someone I don't even know the identity of. It's whoever is in charge of the trades for Raw. Hoogies up AJ Styles for Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. <laughs> uh, I'm like, let me know who that person is because I've got some magic beans to sell them. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, well, I don't know... Obviously, they've, uh, you know, they did, they've done the right thing with Ziggler. Well, they've put him straight in the main event scene. There's a ready-built storyline there with Drew McIntyre. That match I think will be absolutely incredible, so I'm not throwing a flag on that in any way. I think it'll be an amazing match. I quite like Dolph Ziggler. I think for a while he got really, really stale, I think. I never thought this is something I'd say, but the Otis storyline is something that got him back in my mindset. i like, this guy's amazing in the ring, and I also quite like seeing him you know, doing other stuff. But Aye, it's not a fair trade. AJ Styles for the and Robert Roode just
3: makes no sense whatsoever. I think Bruce back... is to develop some kind of like two-faced situation where he like discusses, now, Bruce, who do you want from Rob? Oh, I want such and such. <laughs> <track man." laughs>
1: was there not some story about AJ Styles having heat with Heyman and that's why the trade happened?
2: Aye, apparently he was getting mocked backstage for his... Uh, I don't want to say political opinions. His opinions on flat earth. Um, <laughs>
1: and,
3: and, do you know what?
1: Um, i for that. Do you
2: know, uh, right, rightly
1: so. Uh,
3: rightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we should stand on that. There's been a lot of nonsense <laughs> Hold on. And that is, that's up there. AG sells the flat earth, earther, you're joking me. How do you not How know not? I did not uh, well, know this. Of on YouTube, John. He's one of the people they reference as being one of the most famous flat earthers. Oh, in the world. my God.
2: Daniel Bryan slated him on uh,
3: Talking Smack
2: for it. But the best part is, is uh, as was mentioned earlier on our new segment, Talking... Uh, turning Japanese, sorry. Nearly messed up the name of the segment. Alex has noted how AJ Styles was in Japan, so we know that he's flown
3: around the globe.
2: <laughs> but doesn't believe that the globe is a globe.
3: Uh, well, but yeah, you need, to, you need to go to a certain height to disprove the curvature, apparently. If you see, uh, uh, he was an American who essentially was a taxi driver and would build rockets in his spare time. Uh, he actually died quite recently in an accident when his parachute didn't deploy on his way back down from his rocket. But yeah, that's what they do. They have to get high enough to See the curvature, apparently.
2: The only thing I think we can say here is uh, back to the wrestling. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 let's, let's carry on debunking.
2: Anyway, back
1: to the
2: But yeah. So Alex mentioned in that uh, little rant there, he mentioned my other put over. I'm putting over Bruce Pritchard. We mentioned it last week how, you know, I was so disappointed in the fact that Paul Heyman had been let go for his position. I was very, very, you know, apprehensive is probably the word in terms of what the programming would be like going forward. The past two Raws have been fantastic. They've not felt like three hours long. They've been absolutely stacked in terms of matches. Last night, a lot, you know, it was called Championship Monday. Um, only one title changed hands and it was the title that you would expect to change hands in 24-7 Championship. The matches were good. There was a lot of good matches. There was a lot of good segments. It felt like there was no drag at all. They're now doing this thing that I really appreciate. You know, I think this is something that I don't know if, you know, Rab Florence is probably going to have big opinions on this if he, you know, if he watches uh, Raw. And probably, I don't know if SmackDown's done it as much. But Raw over the past two weeks, the thing that I love that they've done, they make sure before an ad break, there is a hook for you to come back after the ad break. And they've done it a, a great deal last week, but last night they've done it at the very first segment. Nia Jax comes out and they're like, why is Nia Jax here? She's not meant to be here until later we to have a match and she just grabs a seat, sits in the ring, and then it cuts to the ad break. So you're forced to come back to see what she's going to do. And I just think overall, the writing team, you know, with everybody's been moaning about it before they actually seen it play out. Paul Heyman... Of course, I, I think Paul Heyman's one of the greatest minds in wrestling, but Raw over the past two weeks, it's been two of the most watchable Raws I've seen for at least a year. Uh, so I just need to say, I Bruce Pritchard has done a great job. Whoever the writers are have done a great job, and I thought it was a brilliant show.
1: Hats off then. Hats off to them. Um, match of the night, Gary?
2: So I made you happy earlier, John, by saying Akira Tozawa was uh, one of my putovers. Match of the night, without a doubt, and it was just good to see them in an actual wrestling match. Street profits versus Viking Raiders.
1: Oh, Absolutely
2: outstanding <laughs> match. I will, the I match was. That. Ah, do
4: you know? But just because they are wrestling. Do you know? Can I just say something? See Montez Ford. I've said this before. He is absolute money. Montez Ford. Uh, Dawkins is good as well, but Ford is unbelievable.
3: I think, I think that Dawkins helps elevate Ford. If you know what I mean. Dawkins yeah. takes a back seat, and he just lets Ford go, which I really mm. like. Well,
2: this was last night, um, you know, Sean Ross sat for Fightful took the words right out of my mouth, and he was like, that was a breakout performance for Angelo Dawkins, he done really well, but for me, it's like Montez Ford, you say that there, he's amazing, like, his frog splash, a lot of people have done the frog splash, you'd be hard pushed to say, you know, anybody does it better than Eddie Guerrero, Montez Ford's frog splash is a, well, Van Damme as well, you know, and, and even Rey Mysterio, but, oh, you'd be hard pushed for finding a better one than Montez Ford, the height he gets on it is incredible, That's- I think for me it could be a for, uh, it could be a future W W E champion. I
4: think his frog splash is up there with Kyrie Sane's elbow drop. Man, see the height he gets on that. Oh, but see, aye. do you know what I like about it? See, the, the commitment to actually following through with it until the very end. And it, the best way to describe it is, it looks like he actually hurts himself as well aye. when he does it. Yeah. You know, just that that commitment to making
2: it look perfect. I, I'm Sleep. just like I'm sold on him. It's like he sells his own move, which I Aye. love because obviously it should hurt. It should obviously hurt doing a frog Aye. splash. Exactly. It makes sense. But yeah, for me, I'm going on a show where we saw Asuka versus Charlotte Flair, which they always just have amazing chemistry. And I've always said that I'm not a massive fan of tag team wrestling overall, but there's obviously some matches that you just need to stand back and go, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Their was match good, was incredible.
1: Good to see them actually wrestling rather than playing 10 pin bowling as well, <laughs> table tennis or croquet, or whatever they were doing. Um, Thanks Gary And thanks very much Ryan For coming on mate um, we'll,
4: No problem we'll, at
1: all We'll make sure we go And listen to each Sleep You know if you are listening To a wrestling podcast I guess you could listen to his So uh, yeah give a, Listen give, to all wrestling podcasts All wrestling podcasts Absolutely And all the wrestling um, Remember you can get your buddy And put overs in For Rab and Gradle On the Headline Show At Wrestling Daft On Insta At Wrestling Daft Podcast And it's just Wrestling Daft On Facebook And they'll be Mentioning you So we had all the bad news um, at the start of the show. So this is the good news from the world of wrestling. As we say, it's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. I feel like if it
2: wasn't infringing on many gimmicks, we could have called this the kayfabe news section. Even though it's not in but it's all <laughs> technically wrestling related rather than the stuff that's out of the ring.
3: Uh, but yeah... <laughs> Sorry,
1: I said a cat on a a, a keyboard, I (laughs) apologise. So, uh, let's kick it off then, Gary. Um, Charlotte Flair is taking a break. Yep,
2: so um, as we heard a couple of weeks ago on uh, this very show, Charlotte Flair has said to me on multiple occasions, her consistency. (laughs) Yeah, but she's said her consistency, um, the fact she's never been injured, You know, she's never been away. She's always on TV as a detriment to how people view her because they don't get a chance to miss her. Well, sadly, it seems like the moment has come. Charlotte Flair is injured. Uh, She was injured on Raw last night, but that injury on Raw was essentially an injury to writer of television while she undergoes surgery for a completely different injury. Um, On Raw last night, she suffered a suspected fractured collarbone. I've no idea what the actual injury is, but I know it's not that. She did work a match, um, and I'll say it every week, our favourite wrestling reporter, uh, Dave Uh Meltzer, who I need to say yet again sourced me last week when I I reported about SmackDown being uh, postponed. So Dave Meltzer is becoming a wrestling friend. Uh, Maybe we'll already go that far. Um, But yeah, our favorite reporter- Can I just point
3: out the look of jealousy in John's face right now?
2: (laughs) I
1: I think it's disgusting. I think it's disgusting Meltzer. It's raining names as usual, Gary. It's like, oh, Dave, my friend. My new friend,
2: Dave. Yeah, um, the the, the reporter who I have an unbiased opinion on, Dave Meltzer, um, reported- (laughs) He reported on, uh, on Charlotte Flair's injury saying um, that Charlotte Flair's having surgery. Uh, that's the deal as far as why they did what they did, you know, in terms of the match on Raw, which we'll get into a wee bit later. Um, asked a couple of people, and nobody knows the time frame, but she's definitely having surgery, and the storyline uh, last night was, ex- was to explain her being gone. This is where it gets a bit, you know, unsure. So Meltzer reports, uh, I think SummerSlam, it was hinted to me that they hope SummerSlam, but that's not 100% either. And here's another guy that I'm great friends with. This guy actually I'm good friends with Alex McCarthy of Talk Sport. I always mention him say he's one of the most legit guys in wrestling journalism. Um but he said that there's, you know, not much chance of the SummerSlam return happening. Um in fact zero percent chance. So no, <laughs> whereas, aye, uh, that puts you in a position who are you gonna believe, your pal Alex or your pal Dave? I'm all on board with Alex McCarthy. He's not uh, steered me wrong yet. He's a he's a I great guy Dave. and well, I respect Mel, sir. I need to go with Alex, um, but he said <laughs> that the the plan is uh, for Charlotte to take an extended break, return in the lead up to the Royal Rumble. That
1: so, man. if you think how far away that is, yeah, that's over,
4: over,
1: s- six I months, mean, over six how months. how will WWE TV cope without Charlotte Flair? <laughs> She's been working three shows for the last couple of
2: months. Uh Sasha and Bailey have taken that mantle yeah. around. They've worked uh, they've worked every show for the past week and a half. So, uh exactly. but, but yeah, um, but he said that apparently she might be open to coming back at Survivor Series, you know, depending on what happens. So for me, I keep saying it, I think Charlotte's um people always say it to me, but I think she has been doing her best work, she did say that to me on the, on the most recent call, I think she has been doing her best work, but I do really hope this gives people a chance to miss her, because I yeah. think, you know, people will look back and... For me she's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um definitely best female wrestlers of all time but I think she's going to be you know yeah. one of the greatest of all time. So hopefully this gives people the chance to miss her.
1: I think so I think I think she needs that break and she does need time off Telly cuz I can't god I can't remember the last time Charlotte was was off Telly really when she had
2: and Why is problems. that
3: a bad thing?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: uh, it was fun. Almost uh, two years ago when she had dental problems after
1: having a tooth knocked out in a match. Alright, so, there you go. Yep. On it, Gary, on it. Um, <laughs> people, we are going to be seeing a bit more of, them am guessing, um, on Raw is Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, or Robert Roode, sorry, I should say. Uh, so, as I mentioned
2: in my and Bit overs Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode traded to Raw in exchange for AJ Styles, I've already told you my personal opinion on it, um, but the official news, the official line is that AJ Styles, as we know, got traded to SmackDown technically a couple of weeks ago, but obviously he's been there since the start of the Intercontinental Championship tournament. But we got the confirmation AJ Styles is on SmackDown. The, the return trade for that, make of it what you will is Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. um So Dolph Ziggler obviously showed up on Raw last night. Robert Rudd was not with him. I don't know if this has been given away as any kind of spoiler to Extreme Rules because we now know that Dolph Ziggler is going to challenge Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules. Who knows if we'll see uh, Robert Rudd before then. There's been a lot of talk of him still being in Canada. Who knows if he's you know in Florida now. But apparently both of them have been traded. Uh, the company tweeted out, we have a trade in capital letters. Um, Heel Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler's name, um, fills is in. He and Robert Roode are coming to Raw in exchange for AJ Styles' move to SmackDown. So yeah, who knows if this is the start of a, a lengthy trade deal uh, era in WWE where we see a lot of people moving. You'd have to think so with the way they're wrapping up stories, but Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode for AJ Styles.
1: I wonder what Fox make of that. Yes. It. They're absolutely not. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, why the would they be thing, against
2: that? The, the one thing I'll say is they've kind of done it well and that Ziggler's came in and went straight at a main event picture. So they've kind of played it the right way. But um,
3: but yeah. Can I, can I tell you my theory on this? Go out. This spot was for gender and gender's injured. So they've panicked and they've pulled across Dolph because of Dolph and Drew have easy history. So it's easy booking. Yeah. it makes sense because it's like who else who else has Drew got like a feud an inbuilt feud with apart from Jinder or Dolph
2: Lashley although they seem to have dropped him down to the United States Championship level yeah. so mm,
1: I, would, I would have went another match with Lashley actually but I Same. guess like if they've, if, they've brought, if they've brought Dolph in it makes sense you're absolutely right yeah, they, don't want to, they don't
3: want to put, La, put Lashley under Drew twice considering they've just kind of revigorated him do you know yeah true
1: Uh, And Kurt Angle uh, is a big fan of the PG era. Yeah, this one's a bit, I don't know if it's, I was going to say it's a bit of a surprise,
2: but I guess most of the stuff Kurt Angle done, even when he was, you know, doing entertainment stuff was kind of PG. But obviously he's someone that was about, you know, the end of that era era, and he was about a lot during the Ruthless Aggression era. Uh, But he said that he believes the PG era has been good for professional wrestling. I know that's one that would divide a lot of people. A lot of people will say, yep, it allows a lot more eyes on the product. Um, But a lot of people will say, oh, well, it's now diluted. But his exact quote, I think the PG era is good for wrestling. I understand that we had more creative control over our characters before PG, but the fact the PG era came around has helped the wrestlers stay healthier. Um, And he noticed drug tests, physicals, doctors, trainers, um, all becoming important for um, the health of superstars. He then goes on to say that actually there I was special, but the wrestlers didn't have the benefits of what the superstars have today and that the PG era needed to happen. Uh, and also kind of notice the fact that it's been marketed towards families instead of young adults. You know, make it what you will. I guess the one thing you'd always point to is that the profit that you are making. Um, but I, it's a bit of a surprising take, I guess, for some people, that Kurt Angle, a guy that was about for so long, I guess I, actually it was about for the PG era as well, but yeah, he's been about for so long, but he's saying the PG era for him had to happen.
3: God, I can disagree with yeah, what when you look at his health over the years and I hate to say it how he has degenerated, I think he's speaking from personal experience. Yep. With that one.
1: There's <laughs> obviously lots of bad news out there, so it's nice just to have some good news on there as well. It's not exactly good news, but you know, at least there's some news. <laughs> Out, escape of news. <laughs> some other news apart from... Those? Less sensitive news. Exactly, exactly. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> Welcome uh, to Fantasy Booking Island. It's an island where anything in wrestling goes. Um, this week, Gary is in charge of the book as me and Alex battle it out to find out who has supremacy of the island. So Gary's off there in his dinghy with the book and he has got something that he wants us... Decide on in wrestling. What is it, Gary?
2: Small correction l John. I'm on the wrestling daft, wrestling raft,
1: uh oh, here yes, on the sorry. island.
2: Daft, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I decided that this week we're gonna strip it back to basics. I was, you know, I was going through my mind, what can we book? What can we book? And I went, wait, what is fantasy booking? The very base level of fantasy booking is booking someone from the past, against someone from the present. So yep. Yeah, No matter if they're alive, if they're dead, you know, they're inactive from any company, whoever they've been working with. Book someone in the past, in their prime, against anyone that's available right now, that's wrestling right now. And that is literally the only limitation you have.
1: You can do anything else you want with it. Excellent. Right, well, I'm I'm up for the challenge. Um, I've got a terrible record against Alex on this, so let's see how it goes. Uh, have you got the badge ready to flip to see who goes first? Of course I do, I've always got my Gary Cassidy badges handy. Um, call it. Call Alex.
3: Oh, I'll go for heads this week. I'll go for Gary's lovely face. It is heads. First or second, Alex? Let's put John up first. Let's see Let's see what I'm waiting for. What? I've against this week. Right, okay, here we go. Right, Excellent. start the
1: timer. We've got three minutes to do this fantasy bookie and Start the timer now. i going to keep this one fairly simple. Um, so we're on the road to kind of Survivor Series where it's going to probably be NXT versus SmackDown versus um, Raw. Um, basically representing NXT will be the Undisputed Era in their full. Um, they will be the team up against that. Um, it'll come down to basically... Adam Cole and a couple of the UE left in the ring uh, against Drew. UE roll over Drew. They win, which starts uh, Adam Cole boasting that he is the best wrestler ever. From that point, the UE come up to the main roster. They get interfering every Drew McIntyre match, going over them all the time. Any Drew match is going, they're going to fire in over them until it eventually leads to whatever the pay-per-view is after Survivor Series, the one up to December. God knows what it is this year. TLC. TLC, maybe. Uh, we have a title match uh, between Adam Cole and Drew McIntyre with the Undisputed Era banned from ringside, I would add. Adam Cole goes over Drew clean and wins the WWE Championship, more to the proclamation of being the best wrestler in the world. We move on to the Royal Rumble, where the proclamation still continues. But Adam Cole, to prove that he's the best wrestler in the world, um, is going to enter the Royal Rumble at number one. However, at two, three, and four, the rest of the Undisputed Era turn up, and then it proceeds that they go through everyone, very much like Brock Lesnar did, um, and everyone's getting battered by them until Drew McIntyre enters the ring, at which point it starts evening the odds. Uh, so he comes in about the 10 of 20s and starts wiping out the undisputed era one by one. So it's only Adam Cole and a few people left. We're down to 29. Um, 29th person's come out and basically, the undisputed era come back into the ring and eliminate Drew. So at number 30, Adam Cole's left in the ring, ring on his own. The best wrestler in the world at number 30. What do we hear? Look in my ass. What do you see? Of course, CM Punk has returned. Um, Basically, then goes on to come down, eliminates Adam Cole. You thought you were the best wrestler? You're only joking, mate. I'm the best wrestler in the world. Cuts a promo, cuts a pipe bomb. Adam Cole's out the ring. Set up for WrestleMania, CM Punk, against Adam Cole for WWE title Um that's my booking
2: two minutes and 52 seconds Woo. kept that what tight I like that I like that definitely, liked definitely yeah. I like
1: that definitely I I didn't go through the booking of the actual whole thing with CM Punk and Adam Cole but I was watching Fuck nah. I was watching NXT and I just think that is one match I would love to see it Adam Cole, for me, could be that next CM Punk character in WWE, and I think it's a match I'd love to see. Aye. I'm definitely a big fan of that. You're up, Alex.
3: I've, I've, I've flip-flopped around with a couple of different ideas on this one. So so am I allowed to present a three-minute version and a five-second version? Is that is that acceptable?
2: Absolutely. Yes, but I'm only going to take
3: the three-minute version into account. That's, that's acceptable. So my initial idea went along the lines of this. Kofi Kingston calls out Hulk Hogan. Kofi Kingston hits the Trouble in Paradise. Kofi Kingston wins the match. Big E covers Hulk Hogan in pancakes. Done. Seven seconds, but I will we? let you away with it. <laughs> but I thought that was a little bit too obvious and maybe a little bit on the nose for the current climate. So I've changed my idea. So unlike John, I, well, I've picked a deceased wrestler. And as such, I, for some reason, have struggled to bring them back to life. So the deceased wrestler that will be in the rivalry will remain deceased and will be more the inspiration for the rivalry, if that makes sense. So Charlotte Flair is going to come out of the ring on her return and say how straight up bored she is with all the competition in WWE. So for a couple of weeks, we'll feed her some NXT talent, just kind of building this along. And then she'll say she's bored of them. So she needs some real competition. So we'll start wheeling out the classics, we'll wheel out the oldies, we'll bring out Mickey James, we'll bring out Jackie, we'll bring out Michelle McCool. We'll literally just put her over everyone. So we're standing there, probably about December time, and Charlotte's got no one. There's no one to compete with. She's the greatest wrestler in the world, and there's no one to compete with. Until out come Road Dogg and X-Pac, saying that, hmm, I don't think she is the greatest female wrestler in the world. Has she ever been in the Men's Royal Rumble? Has she ever been an intercontinental champion? She is not the one, the only China. So this obviously riles Charlotte the wrong way around and she issues an open challenge to AJ Styles the next week for an Intercontinental Championship match. A little done deal is done between Raw and SmackDown that Raw can uh, have a SmackDown champion uh, challenger for the Inter-IC title and swap them over. So Charlotte has a one-on-one match with AJ Styles for the IC title. Let the match go half an hour, but the result of it would of course be Charlotte losing cleanly to AJ Styles. So from there, Charlotte decides that she wants to set her sights higher than China. The Intercontinental title is not good enough. She wants to go for the full whammy. She wants to go for the big one, for the WWE title. But they won't let her into the Royal Rumble because she's now lost the championship opportunity and Rawls annoyed with her. So they make her have a match with Seth Rollins to get into the match. You have a lot of shenanigans going on, but in the end, Charlotte has to trust her worthy kendo stick to defeat Seth Rollins and get put into the Royal Rumble. So once she's in the Royal Rumble, no one is happy about this. So Charlotte comes out at unlucky number 13 and is immediately dumped back over the ropes by all the men in the ring who don't want her there. And so she lasts 13 seconds on 13. So the next week she comes out and she's not a happy camper at all. She's absolutely infuriated that they will not give her the shot of this title. So she says what she needs to do is to stop being angry with China. Instead, she needs to take inspiration from China. So she pulls up her kendo stick that she refers to as her one and only friend and therefore names it China. So she somehow gets in a qualifying match into the elimination chamber by obviously going over Andrade, because lol. And <laughs> <laughs> gets put into the chamber, her and China. They come out together she wins the chamber so the last shot of the chamber match is charlotte standing there with china in her hand destroyed having went over all the men and that's where i'm finishing the bookings i can't decide if she should win the title of wrestlemania or not
1: can i suggest that the pow china in your hand plays right at the end of that match?
3: It? <laughs> what plays right at the end of that match
1: pow <laughs> china in your hand
3: i'm okay uh, with that i'm okay with that
2: so that came in at 2 minutes and 55 seconds. Oh, just then. The only thing I need to decide is how much I let Alex bend the rules. Because oh,
3: they I didn't. Mean, like, I didn't want to do some kind of. So, like, China is the rivalry. So, like, yeah. it's only, she has to beat the only woman that she. Like, the greatest woman of all time. And she can't beat her in the.
2: I think Alex might have convinced me that his, uh, that his statement is legit and that we are actually having a Charlotte China rivalry while it is a posthumous rivalry. Man, I really and like And it's both a kendo
1: it. stick, and it's a kendo stick of just like that. A <laughs> kendo stick called China. <laughs> <laughs> called China. I Which is
3: ironic I, because it's the same reason they called China China because she's the opposite of fragile. Well, mind I think, you, kendo stick's really
2: fragile. I take that down. <laughs> I think I need to actually go with Alex.
3: And I hate to say
2: it, I, I loved everything John said up until he said CM Punk. Oh. See if you gave me Shawn Michaels, it would have been very, very, very close, uh, but I'm not a CM Punk fan. Uh, so that's a personal one, but for me, I think Alex, I was gonna disqualify him for not actually having a wrestling match between two people, but you've convinced me that there was enough of a rivalry there between China and Charlotte Flair. While it was the them to have gone face to face, you've convinced me so Alex is yet again on top of the fucking mouth. Oh, sadly.
3: sadly.
1: Thank you, China.
3: <laughs> Thank you, China. And it, it nicely coincides with the Charlotte Leaving. So this is this is the Charlotte return story as well. Oh, baby.
1: You can get Wrestling Daft merch now. We've got a whole load of t-shirts up there in different designs. We've got hoodies, we've got bum bags, we've got mugs. We've got everything a Wrestling Daft fan would want. We've even got face masks, so you can wear that when you're in the shops, when the rule eventually comes in that you have to wear a face mask in the shop. You can look really cool with a Wrestling daff on. And do you know where you can get these uh, bits of wonderful merch, boys?
2: Spreadshot.com forward slash, no backslashes, uh, (laughs) Wrestling daff.
1: you don't even get the address, right, Gary? It's shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling forward slash wrestling You'll find loads of the merch up there. We've got all the designs. which have chips, cheese and doner meat. there's a fiend. I'm a mark, our personal favourite one at this show. And the newest design, which is Alexa, who is Graham Steveley. Uh, you can get them all now. shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Get your merch, get a picture of it, tweet us at wrestling Daft, and we'll stick you in our Hall of Fame. Nice one. <laughs> it's time for the 10 count on Wrestling Daft. The Marks, that point in the show where we ask one of our former guests some of their favourite things about the business. This man has been on the show three times now. He's the East End Butcher. It's Sha Samuels. East. First wrestling match
0: you watched. Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake. It wasn't even a pay-to-view. I remember, I think it must have been the Brother Love show. Uh, Hulk, um, Earthquake sat on Hogan's chest. That was the first thing I saw as a wrestling fan. Best match you've wrestled in? Uh, uh, I think Chris, Chris Travis's uh, comeback match from cancer. And I wrestled him. There's so much, it was, it, on, the crowd were amazing on the night, and it was such a beautiful story seeing him come back. And his entrance is something I'll never forget for that. A lot of, lot of reasons for that. Favorite opponents. Greater. Come on. Favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, S- Steve Austin. Steve Austin. Favorite tag team. The kinky party. <laughs> A bit biased, but the kinky party. <laughs> Favorite finishing move. Stone Cold stunner. <laughs> Favorite promo of all time. Uh, anyone, any, any, any promo with Ric Flair with the four horsemen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I did, wasn't obviously a fan of them growing up because I never saw the footage. But as I got into training, I used to watch their promos and they're the best best promos I've ever seen. Doesn't matter which one it is, all of them. Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Ric Flair, they all cut an amazing promo in the same time. Then you'd have JJ Dillon cut them up at the end and it was always good. Best promos. Favourite entrance theme? Uh, No Chance in Hell, Vince McMahon. <laughs> the best. The walk, the music, everything. Brilliant. Favourite pay-per-view? Uh, Mania 17. Mania 17, because that's the, probably the best one I remember as a kid. But watching it with my friends, like, Mania 31, I watched it with niamh and Grado. Watching it with them two, we had the best time. Best time. I'll, I'll go Mania, 30, no, Mania 31. Favourite match of all time. Uh, Warrior Hogan. Because that, that's a, something that stuck with me since a kid, that match. I, mean, yeah. I And I was well, the first time a good guy wrestled a good guy. So I remember, again, I, I never saw it live. That was something I rented from Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. front cover, the purple background, two muscle tag yeah. jacked. I was like, I want to
1: watch that. And then I realize they they're both good guys fighting. So that's it for this week's show. Please rate, review and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, remember, we go twice a week as we always do. Fridays for Rab and Grey, though Tuesdays for us. Uh, and remember, get on to your Patreon if you want more content, patreon.com forward slash daft. And of course, while you're on the internet, why not buy a t-shirt? Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash daft. Um, now, obviously, the show will be slightly different on Friday as Rab and Grado are going to address everything that's been going on with the Speaking Out movement as we have also on this show. Uh, but we're still going to have the list of wrestling daft. And at the moment, let's just check what the final results are in our poll of what should be top. Should it be The Undertaker's greatest matches or will it be the greatest stables in wrestling? And it looks like the greatest stables in wrestling have it. So, come to you first on this one, Gary. Who is the greatest stable in wrestling?
2: So on the Fantasy Booking Island, I was talking about how I wanted to disqualify Alex at first. I'm disqualifying the greatest stable of all time because I've, I've mentioned it twice on this show. I've been watching a lot of the Broken Skull sessions. While I would love to put NWO there, they were only in it for, for themselves. They never put anyone else over. So I can't have NWO as the greatest faction of all time. For me, and I think I've, I've maybe said this before, I might be very transparent here, Evolution, for me, are the greatest stable of all time. I think they done everything they were built to do. They came in as two veterans, not only two veterans, only one of them was actually on top form, That was Triple H. He took a Ric Flair that had been broken down crisis of confidence didn't know what he was doing he made rick flair rick flair again not only that he did the opposite i would have disqualified nwo for he took randy Orton, who was at that point unknown he took batista who was at that point unknown both of them suffered really bad injuries right as we were starting to get to the point of them being put over and evolution for me done everything they were meant to do all four men held a title but they done it in such you know such a clever way in terms of dynamics and then they built it up perfectly to have you know randy orton take the title of triple h which was good for a start but obviously it ended up in a way that they had you know randy orton wasn't the man for the job and then we had batista versus triple h built in the most perfect way i think any rookie legend thing has ever been built and Batista winning the big one at WrestleMania after winning the Royal Rumble. Alex gave me the, the thumbs up and then the thumb for the thumbs down, which is one of my favorite moments in wrestling. So for me, Evolution, no doubt Evolution is the greatest faction of all time.
1: Wow. Uh, Alex, you nodding in approval. I think you're going with that one as well. Well,
3: I think far too many people put DX above Evolution, and I, I agree with everything that Gary said, not to completely shit all over China, who have just spent the past <laughs> three minutes building up. But you see, because you've started talking about Japanese wrestling this week, I'm going to say it's the Bullet Club, because they, <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: basically what they managed to do was essentially capture the natural storytelling that's there in Japan, is that they will naturally cheer for their Japanese heroes, and they will naturally boo the Westerners, or the Gaijin, as they call it in Japan. And basically, they just capitalized on that entire movement, and they have essentially been the anti-New Japan faction, and they've been terrific fodder for all the Japanese faces over the years. And um, they recycle the lineup continually, so it's never really gets stale. And they're the most
2: marketable faction ever, as well, despite never being in WWE. Is which that is right? Definitely
3: Are,
1: commendable.
2: Out yeah, like the like, young bucks
3: getting those t-shirts into Hot Topic. Was huge.
1: Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. So the boys have been deciding on their favourite factions, guys. As ever, thank you very much for joining us on this really hard week for wrestling. Hopefully, it'll be a bit nicer next week. Uh, but I've got a bad feeling. There's going to be a lot more to come out.
3: Well, John you're just you're just really leaving us in such a- uh, this week aren't you oh there's just so much more to come out I mean I'm just waiting for your um, wellness policy violations to come out next I know um,
2: the, the, the that- big positive we can say is that you've at least if the bad stuff does come out
1: we can always address it at the start of the show and then give escapism for the rest of the show absolutely absolutely um, and just leave you with my catchphrase until next time keep marking out which isn't even the catchphrase uh- Audio Frontier